Welcome to the 7 Daily Choices Podcast, a podcast designed to empower you to transform your relationships, optimize your leadership, and ignite your world. My name is Dow Tippett, and I want to help you create, build, and sustain a thriving life with others. So last week, we started a series on honesty and being honest um, and the need for radical honesty. So one of the seven daily choices is to choose honesty. And we said honesty always works. Honesty continues to work. We, we walked you through our framework that what honesty does is it shines light into the world. It hinders self-deceptions. It opens our minds and it works always. Honesty works. We've got to remember that even when being honest seems to hurt or seems to be difficult, it really is still the best policy. And we need to continue to work on being honest and choosing honesty if we're going to have relationships that are safe. We've also talked about safety, and we talked about how honesty and safety rise and fall together when we're building our relationships. So there are three things you're doing. You're creating, you're building, or you're sustaining relationships. When we're building relationships, safety and honesty rise and fall together. The more honest I am, the more safe I feel. The more safe I am, the more honest I can be. And so we've got to create this this, um, culture and this place where we can work together with honesty and safety. That way, we can all be our best. One of the problems we struggle with in honesty is far too often we're trying so hard to be nice that we're not actually kind. Uh, Pat Lencioni talks about this on his Table Group podcast. If you want to go out and see that, he's got a great podcast, talks a lot about this kind of culture issue uh, where we're so busy trying to be nice that we're not actually being kind. In fact, yesterday I was listening to uh, the Kerry Newhoff Leadership Podcast, which I highly recommend. I've been listening to it longer than any other podcast. Um, And I asked that you just go check it out, go see. He's got tons of leaders on there that he listens to and that he interviews that he does a fantastic job with. So I encourage you to go look at that. Anyway, he had um, a writer on there who had done a bunch of research around how gratitude makes such an impact on the workplace. And we talked about this. And uh, what's funny is it's always great when leaders you follow, you know, do what you just did. And so you know you're on the right track. And so uh, as he was talking about the power of gratitude in the workplace, one of the things he talked about was how he – you saw honesty go up. You saw people being willing to call each other to account. You saw people willing to hold each other accountable in the workplace because they felt safe, because gratitude had preceded and graciousness and generosity had preceded the honesty. Whereas in corporations where we're not able to be honest, there's all kinds of things and all kinds of difficulties that we see that come along. Um, Everything from not noticing things that are going wrong to not telling each other things that are going wrong. So things continue to go wrong when they shouldn't. Now, today what I want to do is I want to turn the corner. I want to talk about honesty and I want to talk about who you need to get honest with and in what order. Okay. So there are three groups of people you need to get honest with and really 
only one group and then two individuals you've got to get honest with in order to live a life of honesty. And if you don't do it in this order, what happens is there's always a tendency to self-correct. In order to um, hinder blind spots, in order to hinder self-deception, we've got to get we've got to get honest with these people in this order. Okay, so. Here's the first person. You've got to get honest with God. Now, I know some of you who listen to this podcast may not be uh, believers, but whatever power you look at, you whatever power you submit yourself to, you've got to get honest with that leader. You've got to get honest with them. You've got to say, am I who they need me to be? Are Am I walking the way they need me to walk? Now, for me, that is the God of the Bible and Jesus Christ. And when I am in honest with God, then it's hard for me to remain deceived about the things that aren't right in my own life, the things that hinder me from being my best self. So for me, that's a daily practice. I get up and I try to spend some time honestly with God before I start my day. Did it before I started this podcast, even though we're in a hurry to get it done. I needed to get into the studio to get this done so that it goes out today. I got honest with God first. I spent some time listening to the word of God. And in that, (laughs) he even talked about the need for honesty as I was listening to the word today and how honesty saves a kingdom. And so we want to make sure that we're honest with our God first, and then we got to get honest with ourselves. We got to get real honest with ourselves. And here's why. Um, Self-awareness is the number one correlating factor in leaders of Fortune 500 companies who are doing great things. Those leaders who are moving their companies forward, who are causing their companies to thrive, who are allowing their companies to move from wherever they are as as Jim Collins calls it, good to great, those companies that are moving things forward and making these massive shifts, those leaders of those companies are absolutely self-aware. They are aware of who they are. They are aware of their strengths and their failures. They know themselves inside and out, backwards and forwards. Now, we all have blind spots, but If we are looking and we are trying to find those blind spots, we have less and less and less. We have fewer blind spots all the time when we choose to get real honest with ourselves. Let me give you a couple of ways you can do this. One of the ways Ian Cron is doing that, Ian Cron is uh, the writer of The Road Back to You, and Ian Cron has um, put out a, a package of lessons on the Enneagram. Now, the Enneagram is one personality test that you can take to kind of understand your motivating factors. The truth is, at the end of the day, everybody gets motivated by different things, and we're going to see that in our lives, and there's different motivations that push us different ways. We're not as as clean and easy to understand as sometimes personality tests tell us, but we do have these these underlying things that sort of drive us in different directions. And what's interesting is we get older, they actually do shift some. They they are gonna move between two different areas. And so you you might wanna take an Enneagram test and then alongside that, if you can get the Ian Cron, uh course or you can get his book, The Road Back to You, that's gonna help you to understand yourself. But here's a question you can ask right now of, of other people to help you get real clear 
about yourself. Here's what you ask. What do you know about me that I should know about me that I don't? Let me say that again. What do you know about me that I should know about me that I don't? Assets of your wife, assets of your best friend, assets of your pastor or anyone that you work with closely, you spend a lot of time with, and then just listen to the answer. Don't respond. Don't react. Don't get defensive. They're telling you something you don't see. So go into this practice without being responsive or reactive, being ready to accept what they bring to you because what they're trying to do is help you the way you've asked them to. So let me say that one more time. You're going to go to your friends. You're going to go to your your uh, Go to your friends, go to your family, go to your uh, workmates and say, what do you know about me that I should know about me, but I don't? What am I missing? It'll begin to open your eyes to things. And what happens is when we are, when we are ruthlessly honest with ourselves, then we are able to be our best selves most of the time. Listen, I have tendencies. I have tendencies. Um, one of the things that was pointed out in my Enneagram, is that anger sits right under the surface of who I am, ready to come out. Now, I always felt like it wasn't anger, it was more shame, but as I did the Enneagram, it comes out, no, it's anger, and that's there, but the other side, this this three side, so he does one through nine numbers, and I'm an eight, but there's this three side that's really strong in me that is a shame side. And so the fact that there's some confusion over that does show up, is clear that that's all there. But the reality is, is I don't have to respond the same way when I recognize that anger is there. I can learn to respond differently when I understand who I am. I can learn not to let that anger take over and that when that anger is taking over, when that anger begins to motivate me, then what's happening is I'm getting off kilter and out of health and out of balance and I'm not my best self. And by knowing that ahead of time, I can start seeing red flags ahead of time so I can change the way I respond to that anger. Now, I also have this shame thing, this driver that that threes have that says you're very close to, um, to failing again. You're going to disappoint yourself and others if you don't work harder, do more, get more people on board. There's this three side of you that is pushing forward. So as that pushes out, you begin to look at yourself and you go, okay, I've got to do something about that. I've got to do something to change that. I've got to do something to uh, to adjust because I've also got this side of me that pushes me when I feel um, some sort of sense of of self-deprecation that causes me to want to perform for others. And so I'll put on an act and it'll look really good, but it's not real. In fact, there's there's part of me that wonders if maybe being an eight is because I think that's who everybody else needs me to be. Whereas being a three is more creative and it's more on the side of things that I do naturally. And so there's this tension that goes on. And and that's in the Enneagram. What's also interesting is if you look at the DISC profile, this is a, another personality profile, and my DISC profile matches up. And here's how I know I've always been a DI, which would match up with an eight. But when I had all the pressure taken off of me and I was free to just be me, I took the test and I was an ID. 
which is a three. So these two traits are always battling back and forth in who I am. And because I recognize that, I can work within that to be my best self all the time. I don't want to overperform for people. I don't want to be who other people want me to be. I want to be who I'm made to be. But I also need to be the leader that I'm called to be at my highest level. Do you see how much openness, do you see how much honesty comes out and how much I can understand myself better as I work with other people and how much that would help relationships to grow when you see yourself clearly? And so I recommend if someone offers to give you a personality test, even if you've taken it before, take it again, get their insight. Always be looking to understand yourself better. It is the number one characteristic of great leaders. And then finally, we need to learn how to be honest with others. Because listen, honesty isn't about cruelty. Some people are just flat rude because they say they're being and they say they're being honest. And I bet they feel like they're being honest because they're probably an eight like I am, and they just don't know how to not just say what's true. Listen, honesty isn't cruelty. In fact, truth is not harmful. Truth sets us free. But if truth is being given without safety, then truth ends up just hurting. Now, the truth can hurt even if it's good, even if it's helpful. The truth can still hurt. But our hearts need to be for the people that we are being honest with, not for getting the truth out. Far too often we say, I just want to be radically honest, which means I'm going to say this hard thing because I want to say this hard thing and I know this hard thing and you don't know it and you need to know it. Well, we've not earned the right to share that thing. We've not earned the space to be able to help people because they don't trust us. And so when we're honest with them in that way, we're just hurtful. So how do we need to be honest with others? Well, first of all, we've got to create safety ahead of honesty. The Bible says this. The Bible says, share the truth in love. We need to share the truth in love. In other words, we create the culture, we create the circumstance where safety is there first, and then we bring the truth. And when we bring the truth, we are not bringing the truth only for the truth's sake. We are bringing the truth because we know that the person across from us is in some way ensnared or entrapped in themselves. And because they're trapped, we want them to be free and we want to help them get free. And how do we get free? We get free by living the truth, by knowing the truth. Not knowing the truth does not set us free. Now, is this going to create conflict sometimes? Absolutely. Do we need to avoid that conflict? No. We need to know that it's that there's going to be conflict in relationships. There are going to be times when we don't see eye to eye. And to be our best selves, that's okay. That's actually good. We need that conflict to make us the best we can be. But as we get honest with God and we get honest with ourselves we then can come to others and we can be honest with them no matter what. And there are two things I want, two places I want you to be brutally honest with others. Now, this is the point at which brutally sounds like I'm saying, 
um, being mean. That's what. That's why I I prefer the term radically honest to brutally because this is not cruel. Th- this is this is a kindness. There are two places. Number one, when somebody is doing things that are hurting themselves and others, and they don't see it, you need to help them to see it. When someone is doing things that are hurting themselves and others, and they don't see it, you need to help them to see it. Now, sometimes we'll go and we'll speak the truth in love, and people still won't see it. You know what? that point you got to let people figure it out let human beings be human beings and figure it out for themselves don't feel the need to solve it for them and then number two when you discover that you have been doing things that are hurting yourself and others you need to be radically honest and tell those around you tell yourself Tell your God, tell yourself, and tell the others around you, you recognize you have failed. And in that confession, be prepared to be held accountable so that you can become your best self. Surrender yourself to other people. Give them the opportunity to speak into those places where you have weakness and tell them, I recognize that what I've been doing has been hurting myself and others around me, and I am sorry about that. And I don't want to keep doing it. I know who I am. And I know my failures. And I'm going to fight against them. And I'm going to fail. But I recognize them. And I need you to help me to keep recognizing it. And when you offer yourself that way to others, what happens is you create more safety because now they know they can correct you. We all know that the words, I was wrong, can be very difficult to say. (laughs) But when we're wrong, We have to be willing to step up and say, I was wrong. I made a mistake. And whether we're being honest simply or we're being honest boldly, whether it's a big deal or a little deal, the more often that we are honest about when we mess up, the more safety we will create in our relationships because people will know that they can trust us not only to tell them the truth, but to tell ourselves the truth. And they know that they can tell us the truth as well. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard today, could you do me a favor and share it with someone else? Also, uh, be sure to give us a rating and review wherever you listen to this because that helps other people find uh, this message and what we're teaching here so they can become their best selves. Finally, if you're looking for a coach or a speaker, either live or virtual, for your event, please let me know. Uh, Just send an email to support at sevendailychoices.com and we'll get right back with you and we'll work out what's going to be best for your team to work on and to spend time in and what is the best offering we have. We have several options of what we can do to help your team out. And so we want to make sure we get the best thing for you um, inside the budget you have. So we want to work inside of what people have to offer budget-wise, but we also want to give them the best thing for them. So give us a call, give us a message at support at sevendailychoices.com and just let us know uh, what we can do for you and your team and we'd be happy to come and share and help them as well. And finally, remember this. Life is a gift. Living is a choice. And living is measured in relationships. So choose relationship today.